Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, the long-awaited electricity from the apocalypse. Alright, what I'm talking about is the lights go out, um, maybe, I don't know what happens, EMP, we're going to talk about some scenarios to get through that, but we're also going to talk about, you know, just... Supplies kind of dry up. Um, Say, you know, whatever infrastructure, we have a major gas shortage and all of a sudden the supplies, you know, dry out where trucks aren't running, supplying your local grocery store. Things eventually shut down. Society kind of breaks down. Um, People start, you know, whatever, getting rowdy and eventually the power goes out. Um, maybe the guys who work at the power company are like, fuck it, I'm not going to work. You know? Yeah, um, I do that on, on just regular I mean, days when nothing's wrong. Yeah, so. I mean, and you're a municipality worker, yeah. come on. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, you're just like, well, um, yeah, if I have to be at home taking care of my family with a shotgun, maybe I don't want to leave my family to make sure everybody else gets electricity. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the scenario is, but... Basically, you end up where there's no power and, oh, crap, what do I do? Now, obviously, your options with solar and different things, if it was an EMP, certain things are going to be damaged if you didn't prepare beforehand. And then certain things are going to be available to you if it was just a societal collapse. So we're going to kind of hit both of those areas, I hope. I don't know, sometimes I get off task and we, you know, who knows where we'll end up. But I think it was uh, Randy sent us an email, requested uh, we dig deep into this one. 
Hopefully he's been patient. I know it's been a uh, month or so since, you know, since this finally will air and, and you guys will get to hear it. But uh, here we are. We're ready to dig deep mm -hmm. and uh, talk about uh, off-grid generating electricity. Yeah. So, and this is kind of without planning and maybe without the uh, hardware store and YouTube available to you. Right. But if you do your YouTube planning now... We might be able to make it so you can survive so in the you end. Get ready. So, Kevin, you uh, had some thoughts on maybe uh, hijacking some electricity. Maybe yeah. You what did I get in? I mean, uh, you know, in in certain scenarios, obviously, uh, stealing electricity is you know it's not a good idea. It's not safe. Yeah. It, well, no. I'm, yeah, it's not safe, but it's against it's not the a, law. It's not a good idea because it's very high crimes. The law. So, what I would say is. You know, like uh, that, that the golden rule is the people with the gold make the rules. The power companies have the, the gold. Yeah. So, they, so you're kind you of screwed. Those aren't people you want to screw. It's like a, a five years in prison, $20,000 fine type crime. And there's a good chance you're going to end Definitely up dead. a felony. Yeah. And, and there's that. tapping directly into the power lines is bad idea. Bad idea. So but. all we're saying is absolutely never do this. The Prepping Badass podcast recommends against this. Mm -hmm. But let's get into it. Kevin, how would I go about doing that? Well, I'd like to call this this segment Stealing Electricity for Fun and Profit. All right. Let's let's hear about right. it. So 80% of of power theft yes. comes from um comes from what they call uh, line hooking or line tapping. Okay. That's where you tap directly into the power line. All right. Now, we do that when the power goes out and we run out there like a crazy motherfucker. Yeah, run out and, and get it done. And hook that shit up and, and then pray. Get, yeah, get away from it. Uh, the I, You know, obviously, if there's no power, this isn't good. The hook can this book. Isn't your, this isn't your, right. your idea. So, EMP and out, everything's down. You're out of luck with you're this, out of luck. this project. Unless FEMA set up a camp next to you. And they got a big generation right. station. And you can run into that. Or possibly a big solar panel setup. Mm -hmm. And you can get into the power lines after right. that, possibly. Now, the trick... Wait. North Korea, they shut the power off at night. Mm -hmm. You hook it up. Yep. Come morning time. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Now, uh, you're not going to want to do this live. All right. But you're, you're going to want to basically tap directly into the power line. Okay. You're going to want to do it after the transformer because uh, you want it coming in at 120 volts. Okay. So like those big high lines right, right. where they're spread out and whatever. And that's, you have to be careful about, not... about arcing. I read stories about those those power lines, those high, high yeah. power lines. Somebody wanted climbing up one mm. and they got about 10 feet away from the power yeah. line and got zapped. Yeah. So you can arc yourself and kill yourself on 120 volts without, yeah. with with uh, with that. So you're going to want the power to be out. You don't want to be doing that, mm -hmm. you know, with power running through these, these lines. I have a little experience with that firsthand. Yeah, you've been, you've been shocked a couple times. I've been times. shocked a few times. Yeah, yeah. I like the electricity. Mm -hmm. So back in the day, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this story, but so... On my ship, the uh, well, the one thing they teach you in electronic school is you don't mess with microwaves and you don't mess with uh, TVs unless you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Well, I fix microwaves now, so we've gotten past that. All right. 
but microwaves have a capacitor that's maybe as big as your fist. Mm -hmm. And that can kill you. So that's not good. But TVs, the old school ones, that big tube, Mm -hmm. that whole tube is a capacitor. So that holds a lot of electricity, right? Mm -hmm. A big charge, which is what you're getting off those high lines that's just looking for somewhere to go. So... I always, that was my role, don't mess with TVs, don't care, not going to do it. The XO on the ship had different plans. He's like, you know what, I pay you guys, you know about electricity, you're going to fix my TVs, I'll be damned if we're buying new ones or sending them away. And I'm like, well luckily for me, we don't have manuals for that, so I don't even know how they work. So, of course, he spends 150 bucks and orders manuals for the freaking TV. (laughs) So, right. So, that's all we need, right? So, then the manuals finally show up and he's like, all right, you got to figure it out. I'm like, well, all I know is that you're going to get shocked with a capacitor. So, we leave these things unplugged for two days. My experience says capacitors discharge slowly over time. We wait two days. We should be good. But I'm not stupid. So... I take, they call it a shorting probe. And what it is, is a big glass um, tube with a metal bar through the middle of it. Mm -hmm. The end of the metal bar, it connects to a a cable. And then it has a clamp and you wear a glove and you clamp that on the the, uh, electric connections on the the big TV tube. Mm -hmm. And then you touch it to the ship's ground. That's going to let any electricity goes through it go through it while you hold the glass and then you don't get shocked and everything's good mm-hmm. so and again it discharges kind of slowly through it i put it on the ground i let it discharge for two minutes which is way more than most things you'd ever want to do mm-hmm. all right no problem i'd say we're good i'm still not dumb enough to touch this thing right so i grab the clamp for the shorting probe and I disconnect it, and damn, my elbow comes within six inches of the uh, terminals on the back. Mm-hmm. It arcs through my elbow, down through my arm, out my fingertip, and into the deck of the ship, and burns. So I have a burn mark on my elbow, and of course, you know, throws me across the room. There's that. Right, yeah. Burn mark on my elbow, burn mark on my fingertip. And freaking right through me. And when I talked to the, uh, the the medical people there, they're like, oh, yeah, there's permanently going to be a burn mark through your bone all the way through your arm. And they're like, yeah, you'll feel that for the rest of your life. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Thanks. Fantastic. So the point is, if there's a big enough charge, even if you're even not... If you do everything you're supposed to do. this thing. Even if you do everything, well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Not everything. There was something else we were supposed to do. But either way, even if, uh, you know, you're not touching it is what I was going to say. You still run the risk of getting shocked. So you want to be careful with something high power. Right. Now, 110, I eat 110 for breakfast. I stick my hand in a socket. I'm like, oh, whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if it's there. I just, I've had (laughs) enough big ones in my day that uh, Mm -hmm. that's not it. So, anyway, so we hook it up after the transformer. Right. We got 110. And you're going to want to just run it straight in your, in your power box, in your breaker. Okay. Now, you're going to want to use a heavy gauge. Okay. Heavy gauge cord. Anything smaller in, insulated. than... Insulated. 
insulated heavy gauge. Heavy gauge. Right. Wire. Right. If you go get the uh, $25, um, you know, 100-foot extension cord, it's nah. not going to It's not gonna do much. You're, you're, you're going to melt it off. Yeah, you're going to lose the power between uh, between the line and, and the house. Um, all right, so that's one way to do it. Other way to do it would be to bypass your your meter. Okay. So what you're what you're basically doing is now they have the little tamper clip right on the other. This is you're going before the meter. This is not uh, okay. touching the meter at all. Going okay. just circumventing the meter. Now this is they they have smart meters now. Oh. They don't necessarily have to come read your meter. Okay. Depending on the meter you have. So that hypothetically could be a long term solution for our, for stealing electricity. Mm. Uh, another uh, another idea is um, you can manipulate your meters. Tell me more. Now, now I've I've read about this. Okay. And I don't necessarily understand how it works, but it says meters can be ma- manipulated by a remote control by installing a circuit inside the meter that will slow it down. So you could slow it down remotely, but you're gonna have to get into the meter and then close it back up. Hmm. Without leaving a, a that trail. sounds like high crimes. That is what that, that is sounds like. Another way that you you could do it is uh, magnets. Those meters run off of magnets, and so if you put a magnet in the right spot, it'll slow the the. Or will it speed down. it up? Or speed it up <laughs> if you put it in the wrong spot. But I don't think uh, I don't think that works on on modern meters. That's okay. not something that you can necessarily do anymore. Um, no. Now I my, I did learn a lot of things from the anarchist cookbook. Now mm-hmm. some of this is uh, now I had a uh, a friend of mine. It was actually my pastor was telling me about the Captain his, Crunch whistle. His dad. Yeah. No, no. His okay. dad had uh, had um, uh, would open up the meter and with a with a tiny screwdriver would turn back the numbers, like turning back the uh, the dial on a on an odometer on a car. Right. But uh, the problem was that he had done it a few times and probably saved, you know, 20 or $30. But Got he short-circuited that, oh. that meter and it, it fused the screwdriver to the meter. So he couldn't just leave it there, you know, because then they'd see what he was doing. So he took a baseball bat and smashed the meter off the side of the house. And then he called the electric company and told them some kids had smashed up his meter. And they said, well, the meter's on your property, so it's your responsibility. So he ended up having to buy a new meter, and it ended up costing about three hundred dollars more than he had saved from uh, right from turning it back. So, yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. All right. So I want to talk a little bit about line loss. All right. Um, Tell me about line loss. Line loss is a uh, it's a loss of electricity due to heat and electromagnetic energy. So, have you ever felt an extension cord and it was hot? I have. Yeah, that's because you're, the extension cord is too small for the power that you're that running. Sounds on. right. So you're losing power by doing that. So if you're, say, uh, getting an extension cord and plug it into your neighbor's uh, outlet. Do you ever wonder why some extension cords are $15 and some extension cords yeah. are $75? Right. That's, That's the your one answer. Want. Yeah. The, if, you, if you have 25 feet, a 16-gauge cord is okay. Yes. Uh, if you go up to 100 feet, you're going to want to go down to 14-gauge. Yes. And if you go up to 500 feet, you're going to want to be closer to like an 8-gauge extension cord. And that's like pretty close to the line coming into your house. I mean, if you look at the cable, Mm -hmm. you know, coming in, it's fat. 
Right. You know, they're beefy. Right. And they 500 don't... feet of, of eight gauge cable uh, extension cord, not cheap. No. That's a lot of money you're spending. Yes, that's why people steal that crap. All right, so the basically the larger the gauge number, the smaller the wire, right? Yes. So the longer the extension cord and the, lo- the larger the gauge, the more electricity that you're going to lose. Now, it's not necessarily just going to be lost from heat, but the line's going to be so small that the, the, the power isn't going to be able to travel through it the electrons, that, right. that uh, distance, you know, right. effe- effectively, efficiently. So if you're running extension cords, wherever you're getting your power, the distance that you run that extension cord makes a big difference. Right. So you want, it would be a good idea to get heavy gauge extension cords. I have spent a lot of money on heavy duty, long extension cords. So you're saying if you were to build a tiny house Mm -hmm. and put it on your property Uh and then run an extension cord... 300 feet out there. Right. You're saying there might be some loss. There's going to be a lot of loss if, you're, if you've got a... Uh, that was a just a hypothetical. Extension. Yeah, no, I know somebody that's building a tiny house in their, on their property and, yes. and somebody is using the, uh, using the electricity mm. uh, from, from their house to the, to the tiny house. But if they took it from the pole before it got to the right. house... Right, <laughs> that's the way to do it. This is where all this comes in handy. Um, so just basically, uh, what you want to do in preparation, in case this ever arises, is is get get your extension cord situation worked out. You know, stockpile those. They're they're made out of copper. They're not cheap. No. But spend the money for them and have them on hand. You know, you you use extension cords every day of your life. You might as well use a good one. That way, you can use that one when it when it really demands it. I like it. Planning. Mm-hmm. Survival of the fittest. Prepping, uh, prepping survival. The extension cords. Badass. Uh-huh. Sounds right. Okay. Now, do you want to get into uh, some of the other ways that we could well, I think that's more what uh, what Randy here was looking for is, uh, is more, you know, how am I going to rig something up? What right. am I going to do? So, well, a lot of the ideas that I have come from car alternators mm-hmm. and car batteries. Right. Um, the idea is, after an EMP, there's going to be a lot of cars that aren't driving. Now, maybe, you know, as we talked about, people are very mixed views on whether cars will or will not work after an EMP, but they will run out of gas. Mm-hmm. And refineries will stop working, mm-hmm. and there gas will, will gas come deliveries. to an end. So when that day comes that cars are readily available on every corner because nobody has gas to drive them, then alternators... Alternators are... Alternators are going to be readily available on every corner. And so what that means is car batteries, alternators readily available for you. Mm -hmm. So you're going to want to build up a battery bank. Now, we talked about batteries are heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't talk about it, but me and Kevin talked about yeah. it. You guys weren't here, but you're here now. Right. So I'm telling you, we already talked about it. All right. We're all clear. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. So anyway, the uh, car batteries, they're heavy. So you're going to need to get a bunch, at least six. Depends how much uh, work you're willing to put into this project. Um, a great place to find car alternators. 
car batteries, if not your driveway. Um, I know my driveway has five cars maybe in it at any given time. Mm -hmm. Your driveway seems to have three or four cars in it at any given time. Mm -hmm. um, your neighbors may be like that. Um, car garages, like repair shops, mm -hmm. tend to have 15 or 20 cars right there. Most people usually have something nearby. Um, used car dealerships, new car dealerships, alternators, batteries. So I, I remember once uh, I had a car that broke down. And yes. I was at a, at a hotel, and uh, it was power issue. I couldn't right. tell if it was the, the alternator or the battery. Right. But there was a, an AutoZone right up the street. So I just yanked that, that battery out to go have it checked. Yes. I tell you, by the time I got there, my arm was about to fall off. You wish you had battery. a skateboard to right. kick and, it along? And then, of course, the battery was fine. So I had to carry oh, it all the way good. back to the... And the alternator's the not ultimate. light either. No, no. It, none of it was easy. And it was back oh. and forth. And it was only a block, but man, it, it was... Can terrible. I recommend maybe a wagon? <laughs> yeah, a, a radio flyer? A radio flyer, maybe a horse, <laughs> maybe uh, your dog with a strap on, uh -huh. no, on the I back. Have, that... I should have knocked down that homeless person and stolen their shopping cart, but... All right, lesson learned. Lesson learned. All right, so now that we've secured these batteries, we're going to want to wire them together. Remember we talked about in the uh, solar, solar power, power episode? Uh, you're talking about running them in series? In series um, or in parallel. Let me uh, pull that up. So if you run the batteries, wire them up from negative to positive, that's gonna end up like adding the voltage. So two 12 volt batteries, negative to positive, and then a wire off, you know, the negative and the positive. Mm -hmm. Then between those two, you're gonna have 24 volts. So you're gonna wanna run um what? You know, the other way. So negative to negative to negative to negative and positive to positive to positive and set that up for a 12 volt system. Mm -hmm. um, you know, again, if you want to refresh, we go a lot deeper in our solar episode. You guys can kind of catch up on that. But bottom line, all right, so now you have a battery bank. Now we have to charge it. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? That's where that alternator comes in. So now you have a couple options. You take the alternator, you yank it out of the car. Now we have a lot of belts available to us from the car. Um, a lot of serpentine belts that are going to match right up to that alternator. Um, at this point, you could take the sprocket off your uh, bicycle. Mm -hmm. you maybe keep it with the seat and possibly weld that. Or if you have to, uh, drill and bolt. All right, I don't have a drill. Now you're really pushing my buttons here. But mm -hmm. all right, maybe as soon as you get it hooked up, you'll have a drill. You're gonna you're gonna work it out so that you can put that sprocket on the end of the you know where the pulley is mm -hmm. for the uh, for the, the alternator bicycle. for the alternator right so you have the the sprocket on the bicycle you're gonna sit on the bike you're gonna pedal it you're gonna charge up that battery bank mm -hmm. it's gonna suck but that's where child labor comes in mm -hmm. um, you know again how bad do you want that iPod you want to watch freaking videos on your iPod. Then you're going to be hitting the pedal and cranking away. It's going to work. Now you can do a little research on gears and gear ratios. Um, you know, the bigger the wheel you put on there, 
you'll be able to, uh, you know, work out more, you know, per stroke kind of thing of what you're able to get out of it, how many turns right. that alternator. Um, again, that's how big you set it all up. Mm-hmm. But you also want it to be comfortable. You know, you know what it's like when you get on a bike and there's no resistance at all. Right. Or if it's great, right. Same thing. So a water wheel is going to work the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can rig up a paddle wheel if you have running water and set up this same scenario with an alternator mm-hmm. going to your battery bank. Yeah, I actually had a friend of mine that um, went to a barn sale. Yes. And uh, found a water wheel, the whole setup, the whole system. Okay. And was able to run it, you know, set it up in his stream. Okay. And run it directly into uh, in his his uh, fuse box. Yeah. And uh, just that added power directly into his uh, into his box with an alternator. You know, that he was able to buy the whole system, and it right. was an old antiquated system. No. And he had to upgrade some of the parts, but the one thing that I have to say about this whole system is we're creating a twelve volt system, mm-hmm. and that's it. So everything we're talking about is going to be twelve volts. Which, you know, a lot of things, houses, our stuff set up for 120 volts, 110, whatever. So we need to take that into account. Maybe you want to, you know, look at things that people have and, you know, whatever with the 24 volt systems. A lot of the camper setups, stuff like that are, are, you know, operating that way. Stuff you might have with your boat, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. But also... There's a lot of cars with the setup in there for their 12 volt battery, and then they have so you can plug in. You know they have little power cord jacks yeah. now. That didn't used to be the case, but now that's actually pretty common mm-hmm. to have a little 110 plug in your car. Mm-hmm. Um, guess what? That's a power inverter that takes your 12 volts to 110. Now you can charge your uh, drill batteries. Mm-hmm set up the charger in the car based on you pedaling your bike and at least you're ahead of the game. Right. Um, to look for the heavy gauge wires to prevent the loss like you were talking about. Um, the battery wires that are coming right off your battery in your car, yeah. those are the really thick, you know, like six gauge or something like that mm-hmm. that are really going to, you know, do a good job with that. That's something you want because like you said, any kind of distance, you're going to lose efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um the shorter you can make it. I mean, believe it or not, just running the wires from the front of your car to the back of your car, it'll make a difference, you know, with loss. So, you know, 10 feet, it's a big deal. So no big deal. Um, Now, power inverters, um, they're really fairly inexpensive. Um, They sell little jacks that you can plug into your cigarette lighter thing on your car and have the 110 thing, they're probably like 15, 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I haven't really priced them out. Don't, you know, hate me for quoting the wrong price here. But, I mean, those are really uh, pretty useful. Um, but that might be something that you need to put in foil, set up a little Faraday cage, if this is something you're really concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, EMP, they can damage a lot of those. That's where you're going to lose with an EMP. A lot of this falls apart because you lose inverters. Um, the inverters are not going to be hardened against an EMP attack. So that's something you have to plan beforehand to set aside. Otherwise, you're just kind of hoping to get lucky with these others or you're working off a 12-volt system. Mm. And that's what I can tell you. Yeah. Now, I guess if you 
wire your batteries correctly, I guess we could rig it up to 110, right? Yeah. Oh, but it's still DC. So it's not going to help you. It's not going to be AC and your things need alternating current mm-hmm. to uh okay. to work it out. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, working out your battery bank to uh AC, that's not going to do it. That's a, a little deeper than we're going to get into today. It is possible though, isn't it? To convert DC to AC mm-hmm. on your own, like without a store-bought inverter, yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's deep. That's a different show. That's a different show. All right, so you could hypothetically hook this up to um, a windmill. Yes. Now it was so that's the same as we were saying with the paddle wheel, right. the alternator windmill, same thing. Yeah, I was looking at some of these windmills online, and they've got a, a lot of interesting systems. Okay. Uh, some of them are just run for aeration for ponds. Okay. But some of them are designed direct to uh, directly. I've seen well pumps set off mm-hmm. off with off windmills. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of them work. Uh, just through the power of the windmill, not electricity. Okay. You know, the so they work like the pistons up be, and down. Right, would be running directly from that, not converting to electricity and then running a pump. Right. Um, but there's a lot of them that I've seen for, you know, for sale, and you're spending a lot of money. You're spending $20,000 to buy the system. Oh, whoa, whoa, but whoa. once you have it, you know, you're basically off the grid as long as that, as long as that wind's blowing. Yeah. You know, and, and you would have to get a battery system set up for the windmill so that you could run it, you know, on slow days. And yeah, I mean, it's going to have to, the windmill, if you're going to build it yourself, it's going to have to be high enough that it's higher than the trees around you. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, some places have amazing wind, and a windmill mm-hmm. is a huge resource. Right. There's a lot of places a windmill just isn't going to do it. Yeah, it's not going to be efficient. Um, you know, windmills are really hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, who knows? You go up on a mountain, mm-hmm. you might be able to set up a little power plant up there. I know we have a lot of mountains around here. Right. I know if I go up to, uh, you know, some of our little lookout points that we have locally, mm-hmm. you could get a decent wind up there. Yeah. And, you know, you could really do something. But I know locally I set something up in my backyard, even if it's at the highest point, I'm probably not going to get jack, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, I have a uh, friend that built a house, and uh, he set up a geothermal system. Geothermal's pretty awesome. Right. And that's basically what he did. Uh, now, you can drill straight down and pump pump water down through it and back up, and it's going to cool it to, to a temperature about 65 degrees, something like that, depending on how deep you go and where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, what he did was he went, uh, I think, 10 feet down a trench, Okay. But zigzagged it back and forth through his yard. So the water would go in and, you know, through his half acre of, of property that it, it was set up on, it would run back and forth and it was something like six or 700 feet. Um, and then that water would come back in at that 65 degree temperature. So you could heat your house basically to 65 and all you're doing is running a water pump. Right. So if you can set that up before, you know, the power goes down, you're already uh, ahead of the game there as far as heating your house. I did look at purchasing a house in Georgia one time Mm -hmm. that was set up with springs from the ground, and they actually had hot water springs. Yeah. And it totally heated the house on its own naturally, and they had set it up in, you know, the 1800s. Uh Uh-huh. And it's just awesome, you know, when you can plan and work something out like that. Yeah. 
not all of us are lucky like that to, you know, fall into something. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think we've gotten uh, through most of these. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about generators? So, man, it's not yeah. much to say. I mean, they turn they on, they work. Um, I mean, I know, you know, some of your interests, Randy, was generators, but, I mean, really anything is a generator. You know, when we, like I said, we talked about with the alternator, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you're turning that bike pedal, you're a generator. Right. You know, you're creating it for... You know, and any way you want to rig that up to turn that, that's going to generate electricity. Um, obviously, a gas-powered generator, that's cool, and, and they work um, They're pretty straightforward, you know, but how long do you have gas? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's really my concern there. Um, but I think, you know, I think more what he was going for is, you know, in, in the question is, you know, how do I make it? Yeah. When I don't have gas. Mm-hmm. You know, if we have gas, I mean, shit, you pour it in, you pull the cord, and mm-hmm. and we're all good to go. There you go. There are, you know, I mean, you know, there's different qualities of generators. Um, I actually just mentioned, I don't know if we released it or not yet, the uh, the episode with uh, where I had mentioned about the generators that you want to uh, get something, you know, that's like 8,000 running watts, something like that. But, you know, once you get something quality, you know, you want a decent motor, Troy built, something like that. You know, you get these Harbor Freight cheaper ones. It might work. It might mm-hmm. be okay, you know. That, that's been my experience with all, like, Harbor Freight tools. It yeah. might work. But, it I mean, might be okay. But, that's not the situation you want to be in when you have a generator and you have an emergency. Right. You know, emergency you know? equipment has to be uh, a little bit higher end because you have to rely on it to work. And that's um, when you need it. Yeah, you know, you want to be able to survive, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or survive and thrive. We want to have a little better than you know than eating, you yeah. know, out of the stream and mm-hmm. and eating grasshoppers. You know that that's the whole point, right? You know, I, I guess anybody can go go to the other option. You know, mm-hmm. digging up worms and whatever. But I, I'd rather not be that guy. Yeah, I'd rather not be eating salamanders so, if I could help it. You know, whatever. But that's what I got. Okay. Do you want to? Uh, I wanted to hit on this real quick. I found an interesting story in the uh, New York Times the other day. All right, tell me. The um, the ATF. Yes. Is uh, getting in trouble. What they were doing was um, uh, they were buying tobacco, buying cigarettes, and then paying for it and shipping it overseas. So there's no tax on the cigarettes when they purchased it. When they purchased okay. it, right? But what ha- what was happening was the the cigarettes were at- were not actually ever leaving the warehouse. They were shipping uh, potato chips, believe it or not, for whatever reason. Instead of cigarettes, well, I like potato chips. So and I then the ATF was taking the cigarettes and selling them at reduced prices, which is basically the job of the ATF to stop from happening. That's their job is to keep that from happening, keep All people right. from doing that. You know, selling loose tobacco. That's one. Of yeah, the, that's uh, one of the one of the letters in there. All right. And uh, so what they were doing was they were they were selling these cigarettes at a lower price, and then um, funneling that money and uh, into a bank account for a corporation called I think it was called American Tobacco. So this corporation was buying all sorts of like, you know thousands and thousands of dollar shopping sprees at Best Buy and things like that. But they were taking them on the the things they bought at Best Buy 
and they were giving to informants. Now, this is all very illegal, yes. but not so illegal that people actually go to prison. Well, it's like one of those things. They, they are the ATF. You know? you know, if you work for the government. But then there are also the issue of you like suburbans and uh, a couple million dollars in bank accounts that belong to specific individuals. They could have got that money anywhere. They, right, right. I'm sure working for the Rich ATF uncle, pays you, pays you Rich money. Rich uncle. <laughs> wink, wink, Uncle Sam. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so there's a, there's a, that's going on right now. Nobody's gotten in trouble yet. But uh, keep your eyes open for this one. It's going to be interesting. All right. Something to keep an eye out for. Um, let me think. Uh, you know, there are some other things you guys might want to look into, but, you know, they have these wood-fired uh, pickup trucks. Have you seen this on YouTube? People no. setting this up. Mm-hmm. Kind of weird. Somehow they, I, I don't even understand. Like a steam engine? I watched like an hour. No, it's your gas motor somehow works off the heat from... The oh, smoke. filling the tank, right, with uh, with some sort of, they're condensing fumes of some sort. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I've heard about it. Injecting it, the fumes into the injectors or the carburetor, kind of, and burning it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So it this is like, something you might want to look like at. You build a bomb, though, when I was reading Is this one of these magical it? Tesla things, mm-hmm. or, you know, we had the big spark thing in the backyard, I don't know, the magic Tesla coil. Uh, Who knows? Um, I seem to remember a movie and the Tesla guy had all the light bulbs set in the snow and they all lit up. Mm-hmm. It was uh, not The Illusionist. What was the one with Tesla? Maybe oh, it was. Well. It was either The Illusionist or that other one that came out the at prestige. the same time. It was The, the Prestige. prestige. Yeah, yeah, with um, uh, Wolverine in it. Yeah, Hugh Wolverine. Jack. That guy's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and so anyway, so there's there's options. It just gets younger and younger. I don't know what's going on, it's man. badass. Then... Uh, what else? So wood fired, also steam engines. You guys may want to look into that, but that's not something you're going to really put together the steam engine mm-hmm. at the end of the world. Yeah. That's something you got to plan. You got to get some parts. Mm-hmm. You're going to be eBay in it. You're going to be looking up things. That's not something you just whip together. Um, but maybe it is. Maybe you guys prove me wrong. Send me some yeah. plans. Maybe there's some engineers Show out me, there that uh, can build it out of uh, used car parts. All right. So. With that, preppingbadass at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Like us on Facebook. We'll keep you up to date with all the local nonsense. Yeah. Give us Not a call. Local, uh, the... Give us a, an email if you got any suggestions about shows you want to hear about. If uh, you're too lazy, lazy to research something, just let us know. We'll do it for you. Um, Mike and the rest of you guys supporting us on Patreon. We really appreciate it. You guys kick ass. Um, what else? Mike, we sent you a thank you email, uh, a video. little video. Maybe you should check your email. I don't know. If you didn't get it, send Kevin some hate mail. He'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, stay safe, and we will talk to you guys next week. Ooh.